Welcome to Abide in Liberty, a podcast empowering patriots everywhere to re-enthrone faith, family, and freedom as the bedrock pillars of liberty in education, our communities, and our nation. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Abide in Liberty. I wanted to start off today by talking about one of my favorite books of all time. It's called Uncle Tom's Cabin. And if you haven't read this book, you need to. Um, I'm not going to go into a lot of depth, but just very briefly, this is a story about a slave named Uncle Tom. Uh, and it kind of traces a section of his life and interactions that he has with other slaves around him, with his masters. And he's just this great. Christian person who meekly bears all of the terrible things that have been heaped upon him. And, um, you know, this book has more than just historical value, and it's more than just a glimpse into the life of a slave. This book influenced history. It changed the course of history. And in fact, uh, this was a book that was published prior to the Civil War, and later, during his presidency, when Abraham Lincoln met the author, Harriet Beecher Stowe, he was quoted as crediting her with being the one who started this great war, this civil war that the country was then embroiled in. The power of her storytelling, her ability to help the reader see the world from the perspective of an enslaved person changed hearts and changed minds and altered the course of history and accelerated the abolitionist movement. Months ago, when I first saw the trailer for a movie called Sound of Freedom, a movie that told the story of a Tim Ballard special agent who went on to found Operation Underground Railroad, something told me then that this movie was going to be special. And one of the very first thoughts that I had upon seeing that trailer and the story that it was going to be telling about modern day slavery, human and specifically child trafficking, I knew that this movie had the potential to become this generation's Uncle Tom's Cabin. This generation's story that if we still have a collective soul, if our country and if there are enough people left with a desire to serve God and a conscience to be pricked, then this could be what galvanizes an entire country to put an end to modern day slavery that is much more abundant, much more prevalent, and there are many, many more souls destroyed by it than at any other point in human history where slavery was a thing. Well, finally, this movie came out, in my area at least, the day before Independence Day, and I, I really wanted to see it that Monday, that same day, um, but we had other things scheduled, and I ended up having to wait a full three days until uh, two days after the 4th of July to finally see this movie. We went and saw it with some friends, and the creators of this movie did a remarkable job of giving you a peek, uh, a small window into just the depravity and the disgustingness of this world of human and child trafficking, but without showing too much or um, showing enough to, to spike curiosity in people who may struggle with um, 
pedophilia or um, any kind of other sexual related addiction. They really did a good job of showing just enough to motivate you, to help you feel something um, and enough to want to make a change without being vulgar or perverse in their depiction of that world, if that makes sense. Now, while watching this movie, I experienced a range of emotions, but one overriding thought that I left with and that I wanted to use um, this platform to share is that everybody, even from you know mid-teenage to late teenage years on up, needs to see this movie, those who are emotionally mature and can handle it. And please go see it today if you can. Pause, <laughs> pause this podcast, pick up your phone, find the next showtime, and go take anyone around you that um, that you think can handle this and go see it. Go see it and don't delay. It's this movie is not available everywhere. And in those areas where it is, I was just talking to my mom last night. It's only showing for not even a week. It's out of theaters in her area. Um you know, less than a week after it was released. So it may not be in your area long. Don't put it off. Um, The very first step to solving a problem like this is to open the eyes of those around us. And this movie, that is its purpose. It does not leave you with a punch list of things that you can go do to fix the problem, but it is eye-opening. And that is such an important first step for all of us to take every adult and any... um, any of your teenage children that have the emotional maturity to handle this, I we're going to be taking my son, my teenage son, to go see this. I wanted to share, though, aside from that one overriding thought, please pause and go see it immediately. I wanted to share a couple of other thoughts and feelings that I had both while watching this movie and after it. First, I felt like hosting a podcast called Abide in Liberty I feel like there's no possible way that with a title like that, that we can talk about freedom and talk about liberty and not talk about the modern day slavery that is in our cities and in our communities and in our countries. This is, this attack on children at all levels is the greatest attack on liberty and freedom in our time. And and not addressing that here in this podcast would be a gross oversight. Something else that was surprising to me, um, and if you go, and when, not if, but when you go see this, um, the thing that I hope hits you as well is just how pervasive this problem is and how close to home it is. The United States of America is generally the number one consumer of child exploitation entertainment in media, and it is among the top three destinations for human trafficking and for child trafficking in particular. This is happening all around us. It's happening in our neighborhoods. It's happening in our cities. This is not something that we can ignore. Now, my biggest fear, you know, if the first step is to open our eyes and see the ugly that's there and see that this is something that needs to be solved, my greatest fear coming out of this. And as I sat in a theater last night full of people who are cheering at all the right places and who are saying amen at all the right places and who clapped at the end is that 
they'll feel something and then they'll go home and we'll go home and convince ourselves that this is this problem is too big for us and that there's nothing that we can do about it. And there is nothing that could be further from the truth. If you have those thoughts coming into your head after watching this movie, that is Satan. And those thoughts should be cast out immediately. Now, does that mean that I know exactly what I'm supposed to do yet with the information and the feelings and all the impressions that I received last night watching this movie? No. But what I do know is our family felt like it was important for us to get chickens. And guess what? We spent hours researching and figuring out how we could go be successful in raising these birds. I also know that we in this country spend hours researching our hobbies, studying the stats of favorite sports and our favorite teams. We spend countless hours on our screens or learning the latest tech or mastering a favorite video game. We spend insane amounts of money on entertainment, comfort, big houses, nice cars, cool stereos, and all the latest gadgets. All the while, millions of kids each year are sucked into the darkest recesses of hell on earth. And how dare we numb ourselves in our ease and our comfort? If we can figure out how to overhaul an engine or how to restore that favorite car, we can figure out how to do something to help in this problem of child slavery. Now, you may not be like, you know, the Tim Ballard depicted in this show and be running undercover ops to go rescue the rescue these kids across the globe. But there is something that each one of us can do. And if we would spend half the time that we spend on entertainment and comfort and social media scrolling, trying to figure out something that we could do, I could guarantee we could find something. My favorite quote from the entire movie is that God's children are not for sale. And a reminder of uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse six, which says, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones, it were better for him or her that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depths of the sea. At the very end of this movie, and I'm not going to say everything that, that happens there, but there's a clip, a call for action and a call for help from the actor who portrays Uh, Tim Ballard, the main character in this movie. And he said something that was really kind of depressing and scary. He said that this film had been filmed and put together five years ago, but that they were met with obstacle after obstacle. There were roadblock after roadblock that prevented them from publishing this, from making it available until now. And the thought that I had hearing that was how in the world, in the country that God himself helped to found, that he said that he would have those who live here serve him or will be ripened for destruction and iniquity. How in the world in that country is it possible that there was enough opposition against a movie trying to shine the light on child trafficking that there are enough obstacles and enough people under Satan's influence to slow it down that much. That to me spoke volumes about the state of this country and its soul and the souls of those who inhabit it. We are in rough, 
rough shape. And all you have to do is look at schools these days to see just how bad they've been sexualizing kids for decades and normalizing this type of perverse behavior. And it's been a slow boil. Yes, they didn't start with, um, you know, minor attracted individuals being normalized, but that is where we're heading this push for allowing children to be able to consent to mutilating their own bodies because they're operating under the delusion that they're, they were born in the wrong gender or in the wrong body. The next step to that kind of consent, if they can consent to that kind of mutilation, then it's an easy step from there to pushing for the ability of minors and children to consent to relationships with adults that are wrong at every level. In this country, we celebrate evil and depravity of every kind. I, A couple nights ago, my wife and I were scrolling pr- through Prime Video trying to find a new TV show to start watching. And every time I checked, but for those who don't know, the Internet Movie Database has a great parent's guide that walks through the and kind of outlines all the inappropriate things that are in there. If you don't have Angel TV or just want to know kind of what good clean shows are to start with that don't require a ton of editing, that's a great place to go. And we were going through trying to find these TV shows, something that would be appropriate for us to watch. And it was hard. The majority, the vast majority, probably 95% of the things that we came across, we just had to skip across because it was rated TVMA, which is full of filth. And then the things that weren't, the majority of them still were full of messages and images and scenes that all point in one direction, that all say the same thing, which is give in to your feelings, your desires, and your lusts. Walk after the lust of your eyes. That's the world that we live in. So is it really any wonder that these addictions progress to the most depraved of the depraved? To children, we don't only celebrate evil and depravity. That's that's what entertainment is. That's how we entertain ourselves. It's with perversion, immorality. We bury our heads in the sand while all this evil is swirling around us. And we console ourselves by saying, well, at least I'm not that bad. Or we pretend that we're powerless to do anything about it. But but don't we believe that we have the God of the universe on our side? That those that be with us are more than those that be with them? We study these Bible stories. We learn about them. We learn about these great people who have done miraculous things through God's power. But why? I mean, are these just fun stories for us to memorize and to us to teach our children and to feel puffed up and proud when our kids give the right answer in Sunday school? No. These are stories that we learn about, hopefully anyways, to gain the faith to lead out in the same leaps of faith, to lead out in the same world-changing types of ways. We have been promised the ability to move mountains if we move forward with faith in God, but often we meet difficulty and opposition and then we run in the opposite direction because it's just too hard. I believe very firmly that there are two causes that our discipleship and our righteousness will be measured by. 
And those two things are abortion and child exploitation and slavery. If we can't animate ourselves to get up off our butts to protect those who cannot protect themselves and who as adults, we have been given a special charge for their safety, then we may as well hang that millstone around our own necks because we are enabling that evil to exist and for that abuse to thrive through our own apathy and our own laziness. Thomas Jefferson, in talking about slavery, it, back in his day, this was the, the thing, the ugly thing that was there that people didn't want to talk about. And talking about his issue, the issue of slavery that he faced, he said this, commerce between master and slave is despotism. Nothing is more certainly written in the book of fate than that these people are to be free. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. The slavery that our country is upholding and celebrating, that our leaders and people in authority are throwing up roadblocks to try to keep keep us blind to, if we don't do something, if we don't animate ourselves to do something about it, then God is just and that justice will not sleep forever and we will deserve every promised plague and devastation. We are told that the wrath of God will rain down upon the wicked in the days before Christ returns and we will deserve every bit of that if we allow this to go on. And, and we may never completely eradicate it because you can't completely eradicate evil there will be evil people in the world, but we'll be judged based on what we do with our time. And if we did everything we could to stop it. I want to end with this. Please go see the movie and then go home and pray like you haven't prayed for a long time to find out what God wants you to do to make a difference, no matter how small. Then sacrifice whatever comfort you have to to make that happen because our discomfort from our sacrifices are nothing compared to the hell being played out every day for these poor, precious souls. Thank you for listening to Abide in Liberty. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and share this with friends and family. In the meantime, keep up with the show online at abideinliberty.com. Also, if you'd like to help our K-12 bless and educate more families, contact us by visiting libertyyouthacademy.org. Until next time, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, and be strong.